You and I were constantly faced with choices each day. Am I going to choose to love others with self-love or choose to love like Jesus? Friends, on my own, no matter how hard I try, I will always end up choosing self-love. And as we fill our lives with the Holy Spirit, we surrender our lives. And when you and I do this, friends, every time we make choices in life, it'll always point in the right direction. And that's the choice to love like Jesus. You are listening to CCF Runthrough, timeless truths for today's life in just 30 minutes. If you want to hear more or know more about our ministry, please visit ccf.org.ph. Enjoy listening. It is such a joy and delight to be with you today. Let me start off by saying, life is all about love. I want to speak to us today about the most incredible love in this world and why you and I should live this love in our lives. In John chapter 15, verse 12, it says, This is my commandment. Jesus is speaking. He says, That you love one another as I have loved you. Notice, notice that tiny little word, as. It makes all the difference. Our love has a model and example. Jesus Christ himself. Friends, the title of our message today is Love Like Jesus. I will focus on only three aspects that I feel are Jesus' greatest attributes of love. Point number one, Jesus loves us unconditionally. Point number two, Jesus loves us generously. And point number three, Jesus loves us sacrificially. Number one, Jesus loves us unconditionally. Can you all say that? Jesus loves us unconditionally. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6 to 8, it says, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. Look at verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Notice in that verse that our condition was helpless. We were ungodly. We were sinners, and yet Jesus still loved and accepted us the way we were, in spite of all our sinful ways. Therefore, therefore, who are we? not to accept others the way Jesus accepted us. Jesus doesn't say, I love you if, or I love you when, or I love you because. No, he says, I love you, period. You and I can't make Jesus stop loving us because his love isn't, it's not based on what I do, what you do, it's based on who he is. And that's important. Because the deepest wounds that you may have had in your own life are the wounds of rejection. When people look down on you, maybe you've been betrayed, belittled, you've been bullied. Maybe your parents have always put you down. 
They criticized you when, when you didn't meet their expectations. They hurt you by saying, oh, you're no good for nothing. You won't amount to anything. You're a failure and disappointment. You know, those words are scarred in your heart. Friends, what matters most is that Jesus loves you unconditionally and accepts you just as you are. Love like Jesus. Let me tell you a true story. One day, a man wrote a letter to his parents. It was a very difficult letter for him to write because he had not seen them or he had not been in touch with them for 12 long years. The last time that they talked was the day that he told them that he was going to choose a homosexual lifestyle. His parents told him that he was committing sin and that he was going to hell. And they basically asked him to pack his bags and to leave and to never come back. That day he left. When he left, he chose to live life on his own terms. Twelve years later, he was writing them a letter, a letter of reconciliation. He was telling them that he had AIDS. And he said that his days were numbered. And he asked if he could go back to see them one last time before he died. Well, a week later, that man received a letter from his parents. He was excited. He, he got his letter, something like this, and when he opened it up, he noticed that all these things fell down and he realized that it was his birth certificate, all torn in shreds. And there was a short note inside the letter and it was from the parents saying to him, we don't know you. We don't have a son who is an abomination to God. From that day that you walked out on God's will, we no longer had a son. That's the letter he received. That young man wept. He wept and days later, he died. And here's the irony of the story. Do you know who helped him during his dying days? His neighbors, his friends, his office mates, people who weren't Christians. Where were the religious people? Busy condemning, protecting themselves from defilement. It could have been a prodigal moment for them to accept their son. In CCF, we accept sinners. None of us is sinless. No sin is greater than another in God's eyes. Anyone and everyone has a past and everyone is welcome. Adulterers, addicts, prostitutes, alcoholics, anyone and everyone are welcome and loved. You see, friends, our past doesn't dictate our future because we have a God who chooses to forget our past and change our future. I was obsessed with making money filled with pride and immorality for many years. I couldn't control my sinfulness and I'm still far from perfect. But God was kind to me. He accepted me. He forgave me. He loved me. CCF and the people they're in became my family, refuge. The church became my hospital, my school and home. So how can I not accept others with the same love and kindness 
Jesus has loved me. If you look at the life of Jesus, wherever he went, he taught, he fed, he prayed over, he healed people, he ministered to many people. The same people who would cry later on, crucify him. Jesus washed the feet of Judas, knowing that within a few hours, Judas was going to leave and, and betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus made it a point to minister to an outcast Samaritan woman, even making a Samaritan the, the hero of a parable. Jesus accepted everyone, rich and poor, young and old, religious and pagan. We are to treat every human being with dignity and respect, remembering that each person is special because they're a creation designed in the image of God. We must rid our hearts of racial prejudice, let go of, of socioeconomic standards, religious discrimination, and even political preference. None of that should hinder us from loving others like Jesus. Jesus unconditionally loves you, 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 all of and me, and every one of us. How should we respond to this powerful, unconditional love that God has given to us? Romans 15 verse 7 says, Accept one another, just as Christ also accepted us to the glory of God. Do you see that? Accept one another as God has accepted us. One of the problems is that most people don't know the difference between acceptance and approval. Acceptance and approval. The Lord doesn't approve of everything we do, but He loves us and accepts us as we are. And you and I can likewise accept someone without approving of what they do, without agreeing with their opinions or values. Let me, let me give you an example, okay? Jesus was walking down the street and some religious leaders had caught a woman in the act of adultery. It's interesting that, that they didn't catch the guy. Maybe the guy was part of the group, I don't know. They bring her before him and they throw her down at his feet and they try to trap him by asking, what are you going to do about her, Jesus? Jesus looks at her, looks at her accusers and says, okay, anybody who's never sinned, you get the first stone and you throw it at her. Go ahead. You can throw the first stone. Of course, they all start leaving one by one. What is Jesus doing here? He's giving acceptance, not approval. He didn't approve of what she had done but he accepted her and defended her dignity. When you and I come to Christ and we've messed up in our life, he's not going to say, see, I told you. No, he's going to accept you as you are. Jesus looks at that woman and he says, where are your accusers? And she says, they're all gone. They're all gone, Lord. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's what you and I need to do with other people around us. 
we don't have to approve everything they do because God knows how, how we feel about those people who oppose Christian values and moral teachings. But we need to accept them and love them unconditionally. Friends, that is the mark of true Christian love. Jesus loves us unconditionally. Be accepting. Application, I want you to fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. I need to reach out to blank and show acceptance. Think of a person that you can show unconditional love and acceptance to. Who is that person? I want you to think of someone who's very difficult in your life, someone who opposes you. Now, don't look around, okay? I mean, don't look around now. Think of someone who is hard to love, okay? Make it a point to reach out to that person with respect and dignity. John 13 verse 35 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's move on. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, it says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. You see the word lavish there? Lavish, that means generous. It means pouring out in abundance, in excess to overflowing. Point number two, Jesus loves us generously. Can you all say that? Jesus loves us generously. You see, Jesus' generous love means exorbitant, extravagant, over and above, only. Jesus' love goes way beyond what we expect. Now, friends, what is lavish in Tagalog? What is lavish in Tagalog? Huh? What, what? Ano yung labis-labis? No, 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 that's not it. When we say, I love you, in Tagalog we say, mahal kita, right? Mahal, meaning expensive, valuable, precious, mahal. Jesus' love for us is priceless and eternal. Why do I say this? In Psalm 136, we see that it has 26 verses. 26 verses. And in every verse, it repeats, for his loving kindness is everlasting. In the NIV, New International Version Bible, it says, his love endures forever. 26 times in each of the verses. Friends, do you believe this? Do you believe this? God is telling us, you can throw everything at me. You can turn your backs on me, but I'm going to keep loving you no matter what. Wow. One of the most frequent words that we see in the New Testament is the word grace. Can you all say grace? Grace. Grace refers to the generosity of Jesus. Here we are receiving God's grace, what we don't deserve. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The you there, you see the word you? The you there mentioned specifically is directed to those who are in a committed relationship with Christ. This verse proclaims the generous, overflowing, gracious love of Jesus. 
You see, that verse tells us he willingly gave up what? The riches of glory in heaven when he became a man and he died on the cross so that we, you and I might share in his riches of glory in heaven. Friends, I can't even imagine that someday we will enjoy his riches in heaven. How did Jesus model this generous love to others? What was his example to us? Well, you know that he had a purpose. When he was on this earth, he had an agenda to follow, to do his father's will, to seek and save the lost, to give his life as a ransom for many. As he was going about his day, fulfilling his mission with purpose, oftentimes he was interrupted. On his way one time to heal the daughter of Jairus, crowds gathered around him, pushing him wherever he was going. And as he was moving along, there was a woman who was bleeding, hemorrhaging for 12 years. She reached out in desperation and by faith touched Jesus' robe to be healed. Jesus suddenly felt, he felt someone pull his robe. He stopped to inquire who touched him. He stopped and everyone else stopped. And he used this moment to express his love to her. Jesus saw obstacles as unique opportunities to love someone intentionally, generously. And when he did this, Jesus changed hearts one person at a time. You and I have our agenda. We have our plan for our lives. We ought to be gracious and be willing to be interrupted to express love to those who cross our path not just neglect and ignore them. No, the Corinthian believers in the New Testament were models of what loving Christians should not be. They were selfish to the extreme. They did not share their food at feasts. They protected their rights to the point of suing fellow believers in pagan law courts. They wanted the best, the best spiritual gifts to build themselves up instead of willingly serve others in the church. Sad to say, there are some Christians and even Christian leaders today who got into disagreements, debates, and arguments with others. And this happens. But our response is crucial. There are some who refuse to offer gracious love of Jesus to those who disagreed with them. What have they done? They've ignored reconciliation. They've simply blocked and turned their backs. Friends, don't refuse to meet with those people you have disagreements with. Keep that open. Allow yourself to listen to them, to meet with them, to pray with them, for them, to reconcile with them. This is Christian love. You see, I believe God sends us tests. And the tests are difficult people. Difficult people always come into our lives, all of us. They're God's gift to us because why? They help us see our flaws. They help us see the areas in our lives that we need to improve. Our lives are blessed when we humble ourselves and restore any broken relationship that is burdening our hearts. As you and I, love others graciously. We will be a model to our children 
to our small group members and even to our friends who are not yet committed followers of Jesus, but are watching us. Brothers and sisters, don't allow Satan to have any reason to laugh at you when you choose to fight and disobey God in loving others. Are you with me? I hope so. Okay, I can hear you. You might be saying, oh, Joby, there are some people you can't imagine how they've hurt me. How can I love them graciously? I'm sure many of you are in pain. And I'm sorry for how you've suffered. I too have felt that same desire you have to unlove others for many reasons. What I did was stop and ask myself, do I deserve the gracious, generous love of Jesus? I certainly didn't. And yet, He set aside all my sins and with arms open wide, He welcomed me into His family. When I surrendered my life to Him, no questions were asked, no qualifications were given. I just reached out with my broken and repentant heart. Honestly, those of you listening right now, if not for the grace of God, you and I would be facing His wrath. You know, God's wrath means that He would be at war with us. In John 3, verse 36, it says, He who believes in the Son has eternal life, but he who does not obey the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Brothers and sisters, don't take the grace of God for granted. It's the opposite side of the coin, love and wrath, love and wrath. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and 8 says this, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us. You know what that verse is saying? God didn't give us a small amount of grace, but He lavished us with His grace out of His riches. He doesn't simply give us the grace of forgiveness, but gives us the grace to know Him, to enjoy Him, to overcome sin, to become more like Christ, just to name a few aspects of His lavish grace. Can you imagine that? You can be gracious like Jesus by loving others when you simply spend time to listen to their hearts, when you encourage them with words that lift up their spirits with hope, if they need financial help and you might be in a position to bless them, that's a way of graciously loving them. When you pray with them during a desperate time of need, you are expressing God's grace upon them. Love like Jesus. Let me show you a demonstration of, of generous, lavish, gracious love of Jesus. Okay, let's look at this. As you and I are faced with many people each day, there are maybe some who are rude, some who are irritating, some who are critical, argumentative, abrasive, bossy. I mean, you get the picture, right? Are these people in your family, in your workplace, in your school, or maybe your small group? You know, they're all crying out for love. They're what you call EGR, 
extra grace required. Now, you are represented by this sponge, okay? These glasses represent the lives of all those individuals that you need to deal with in your life. Jesus tells us, love them as I have loved you. Now, in order for you to pour out your love into their lives, you first need to be filled. But most of us are, are hard and crispy and crusty and, and dry and empty inside. So it's hard for us to, to love others when there's nothing that we can squeeze into their lives. Nothing. We're empty. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I just so happen to have some love of my own. There it is. This is my love, okay? So what do I do? I put in my life into my love and I squeeze, try to immerse myself to all that love and I pour it into the life of others. Go into my life again, squeeze and, and then pour that love into others. And I keep doing that and keep doing that. But you know the problem, friends? When I do that enough times, there's nothing left. Nothing left. It's impossible for me to produce my own love. I can't do that no matter how hard I try. But wait, there's a better source of love. It's Jesus' love. This is real, pure love. Friends, if you immerse your life in the resource of real love, you'll be able to pour out your love into others. And you just keep doing this and it'll be infinite. It'll never end. You'll have so much love to give all the other people you see, the love of Jesus is generous. It's infinite. It's lavish. It goes on and on and on. And this is just a bucket. The love of God never runs out. The love of Jesus is really an infinite ocean of love. You and I can never produce love on our own to give to others. We must immerse ourselves in the grace and forgiveness of Jesus' love so that we can overflow his love into the lives of others. John 13, 35 says, By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus loves us generously. Be gracious. Let's move on. John 15, verse 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that one laid down his life for his friends. What is this telling us? It's telling us Jesus loves us sacrificially. Can you all say that? Jesus loves us sacrificially. The agape love of God is perfectly seen on the cross of Jesus Christ. Now you're really saying, wait, 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 I can never do that. I can never sacrifice my life for someone else. Wait, wait, listen. Listen to what the Bible teaches us. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 16, it says, We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This is where the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit gives us, who are truly his, the ability to sacrifice their lives, meaning deny themselves. Jesus knows that if we literally died for others, it would accomplish nothing. However, when we today choose to selflessly put others before us, that makes all the difference. That is dying to ourselves. Loving like Jesus comes at a great price, a great cost. 
a cost of selfless sacrifice. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says there, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. When it comes to marriage, husbands, listen. Since Jesus sacrificed his life for the church, we ought to likewise sacrificially love our wives. You're saying, how? Well, if you ask your wife, she will tell you, be more considerate. Be kind with your words. Be involved in the children's lives. Husbands, share the burden that your wife worries about. Do what you can to make her life stress-free. Now, another thing is, you don't have to win every argument. Be selfless. Is that too much to ask from husbands? Love like Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 to 18 says this, But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? Verse 18 says, Little children, let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and truth. This is telling us that talk is cheap if it is not accompanied with action. Now, we are told that sacrificial love is going out of our way to help those who are less fortunate in every way that God, God's love moves us to give with no strings attached. Loving, expecting nothing in return. That is expressing selfless love. You and I, we need to get out of our comfort zones True love forgets. True love willingly pays the price. Jesus loves us sacrificially. Be selfless. Love like Jesus. John 13, 35 says, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Love like Jesus. Jesus loves us unconditionally. Be accepting. Jesus loves us generously. Be gracious. Jesus loves us sacrificially. Be selfless. I hope and pray that today you will say to Jesus, I want your love in me so that I can love others supernaturally. Friends, don't live another day without him. Your life is too, too precious. Right now, humble yourself before him and pray with me. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we join our hearts with thanksgiving and praise for how you have accepted us graciously, sacrificially, as is where is. We don't deserve it, Lord God, and yet you extravagantly, lavishly love us. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your love. Our prayer, Lord, is that we would be like your son, Jesus. We would immerse ourselves in his love and overflow with that love into the lives of others. We know, Lord God, that nothing is impossible. No heart is, is too hard to love. May you be the one to work in our hearts. And we thank you, Father, that you give us the ability and strength from the power of your spirit to love others like you have loved us. 
And Lord, I want to pray for all those who are here today listening to this, who in their hearts say, I want that love. I want to receive the love of Jesus. Friend, pray this prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I come before you humbly admitting that I'm a sinner. I realize how much you love me, that you gave your life for me on the cross. You took the sacrifice and paid the ultimate price to pay the penalty of my sin. Today, right now, I offer my heart. I surrender my life. I repent of all my sins. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life and change me from the inside out. Thank you, Father, that you are faithful to your promise to forgive me and give me the gift of eternal life. I love you, Lord God. And I pray all of this in the precious and wonderful name of your Son, my Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.